Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Rustrak. I'm here with special guest all the way from Ireland, Time Richards. Welcome. It's now this is where this is where Mr. Lane always screws up. It's Tom Richards, T-O-M. Okay. Thomas. Thomas. Uh, I know a lot of Thomases. So, okay. First, are you originally from Ireland or did I see that you moved there? No, I've been in Ireland for 40 years. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I'm a born and bred American. My father was a, a, a retired airline pilot for United Airlines. And we lived all over the place. We lived in Chicago and New Jersey. And I lived in New York and Miami. And I lived in Tampa. And then uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, including Livermore and Dublin, California, all the way up to Seattle, Washington. And places in between, <laughs> like uh, like Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I did my graduation and or my uh, graduate work and or undergraduate work, and also Illinois Wesleyan University in Los Angeles. So I'm and a real tumble all the way to Ireland, and then somehow got into book writing. Well, it started about uh, 1990, say 1992. And I penned a thing called The Lost Scrolls of Newgrange, which was a, uh, a young adult novel. And it's about the mysteries of the Newgrange mon Monument up here in uh, uh, the Boyne Valley in uh, County Meath. And uh, the damn thing went to uh, number four in the uh, young adult Irish Times bestseller list. Oh, and wow. From that point on, I never looked back. And after that, I wrote uh, Hotfoot, which was another young adult, adult novel and the sequel Hotfoot 2. And uh, Hotfoot 1 went to number one in the young adult uh, Irish Times bestseller list, thanks to Gay Byrne, because I was on the Late Late uh, Toy Show, which you don't know very well, which is sort of like the Johnny Carson show. Okay. And uh, it was a book review. and. Yeah, I, things went well. <laughs> so I didn't make any money, but things went well. Yeah. Why? I mean, okay, for so authors, this is a big misconception. We don't make a lot of money unless you're like Stephen King and you have a hundred and some books out there. <laughs> That's that is true. And I mean, a lot of authors just make it if they're lucky. Yeah. Of all the people I've known, I bet you I can count on one hand the number of people who write full-time as an author. I'm writing full-time as an author because I'm retired. And I've got, a, I've got two government pensions. I've got my uh, US uh, Social Security pension, mm -hmm. and I've got an Irish government pension. And my house is almost clean, you know, my house is almost paid off. Mm -hmm. So can I, I can afford to write. Um, not a lot of people can do. In Ireland, they have a special tax treatment for Irish writers. And I think right now, if uh, let's say you make royalties of uh, up to 40,000 euro, which is about $45,000 at today's conversion rates, uh, that's treated special. Uh, you don't have to pay almost anything in Irish tax, except a small levy of about 3% of your total earnings every year. We need that in the U.S. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so nice. I mean, well, I might just have to move to Ireland. I don't know. We'll see. 
but you have Dolphin Song out. So what led you into your first adult book? Um, Dolphin Song, Song was actually started as a screenplay 23 years ago. Uh, it was started with my best friend, Liam O'Neill. I'm afraid he died oh. almost two years ago of COVID. And, uh, but he was my junior. He was a year younger than me. He used to call me the old man. And we were both born in Chicago, just down the road from each other. And uh, yeah, I was, he was born in Park Forest and I was born, uh, well, right near there, about a mile away. And then he died. And uh, we, we had gotten lucky. And at the time, right before his death, uh, he'd found a uh, producer and a director that was interested in investing in this, uh, this screenplay. But then Liam died. And so I decided to keep going and write the, the uh, write Dolphin Song as a novel, which is why it's dedicated to uh, Carmel Murray, my partner, uh, my, you know, my, my female, mm -hmm. my loving partner, yeah. and Liam O'Neill. Well, that's an excellent reason to have the book out. So yeah, what, well, what is Dolphin Song about? Uh, Dolphin Song, it's a story of faith. Um, just to finish that little bit, it, it did really would, uh, really well. It was launched on uh, the 3rd of August of last year, and it went to number one in Amazon categories mm -hmm. within one month. And that's never looked back. It's still selling well. Um, what it's about, as I say, is a leap of faith. Um, it can be summed up, I guess, in, in what Don says, if you look at the cover, uh, and I think you have a cover, it's all about a leap of faith. When Don's husband dies, he turns into a dolphin, of all things, which is an Irish legend. Yes. And Don and Jason uh, watch him die when his uh, trawler uh, catches fire and sinks. And Dawn learns early on that her son, Jason, who can no longer talk because he suffered post-traumatic stress disorder, the only way he can talk is to be near this wild dolphin. And uh, the story moves on. And we discover that uh, there's this fascinating island that's just, I showed it to you. You would have, you, if you could move an island, you'd see it. It's called, in the screenplay and in the book, it's called Solus Moor, the place of the sun. And that island le leaps like magic. Okay. And the sun comes out, even though it's well past dawn, it comes out again. It, you know, comes up it, again. Right. It's magic island. Got it. And so there's, there's a miracle. And Dawn realizes that in order to make herself happy and Jason happy and Michael happy, she has to become a dolphin. And to do that, she makes a leap of faith in the last scene, which Liam O'Neill inspired my, uh, my best friend. The last scene is of Dawn and Jason and Michael sailing away to the West. And we know that they'll be happy forever because love is never lost. It's only found again. Right. And that's the, that's the leap of faith. That is a beautiful summary of the book. And I, <laughs> I mean, I have it right here in front of me on 
Amazon and it is doing really, really well. And it's just a very nice and apt summary to tell everyone why they should be reading this book. Well, I like to think that this one and also the next one, Always Come Home, is appropriate for our times. With Dolphin Song, so much has happened. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to talk politics. It's not no. my place. No. I'm an author. I'm not a politician. Um, a lot of people have lost faith, whether it's in governments or the church. In Ireland, we've lost a lot of faith in the Catholic Church because of things that have happened. Mm -hmm. You look at what's happening in the Ukraine right now. We've lost uh, faith in uh, what we thought were treaties and what we thought was trust. Yeah. And we certainly wish that uh, the United States would, States would make up his mind and do something about it, I think. I think most people believe that the Ukrainian people are, uh, well, we're tired of, of seeing them murdered. Yes. And that's a loss. That's a loss of faith, a loss of trust. Mm -hmm. Dolphin Song is appropriate for its times because it's about the finding of faith and about the regaining of trust. The trust in you, Melissa, the trust in this woman I met tonight, Catherine, the trust in uh, a camper over there, or a, a fellow I don't know at all. I know he's not going to come over here and attack me. Trust in my church, the trust in God, the trust in my president. Life is about trust. Right. And we don't have it anymore. No, we do not. Over the last couple of years, it doesn't matter what country you're in. doesn't matter what your political views are. We've lost trust in everything. Yes, we seem to have. And that's what I hope Dolphin Song does is it restores that trust. And I just... And, and listeners, I just got another hot, hot whiskey from Catherine, my new friend. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> I wish I could. incorrect. You need to get another whiskey for me. <laughs> well, I just wish I could share it with you all because there's nothing like an Irish hot whiskey. Oh, so, I cilantro. know. That, that's something that I hope and to for the record thinking. and for the listeners, it's still only at four or past six in the evening. We've got, three, anyway. we've got three minutes. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> We're good. But yeah. Uh, Irish whiskey is something that we all need to partake in every once in a while. <laughs> not, not, nothing like Patty's or Jameson or pick one. No, they're all good. Yes. Power. Powers, then to powers. If you're putting water in it, they're not going to give you the best thing. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. It's perfectly fine. I can get on that as well. But you also have another book, and I had the laugh at this one. It's a Survivor's Guide to Ireland. <laughs> Survivor's Guide to Living in Ireland. Yes. Um, well, that's a, that's about here. that's about my 40 year stint living in Ireland. And, uh, you know, a yank comes here in 1982 without when you couldn't get a telephone mm -hmm. and you couldn't buy peanut butter <gasps> and you couldn't get a pumpkin unless you went to a market in Dublin. Is this important to you? Well, it was then. Let me tell you. And uh, let's see. What else couldn't you get? Couldn't get rice roni. You couldn't get a lot of things you couldn't get. Right. And you were you were broke and you were unhappy because you were living in a, a foreign country where it, very, rained a lot. where it rained a lot. Very dissimilar to your own because I had moved here from uh, sunny, uh, sunny Dublin, California. And it was sunny, let me tell you. And that's what the book's about. And, uh, you know, it, it now the yeah, I, I've updated it every year for oh, God knows how many years. The 
the print edition came out in 19, uh, I was going to say 1905, but I'm not that old. <laughs> I, it came out in 1995 and I've updated it ever since. Uh, no, it came out in 2005 and I've updated it every year ever since online on Amazon. And I just ran out of things to say. And so that's the last edition ever. And uh, someday I might go back to it. Well, yeah, because you can get uh, all of those. Yeah, what? Through Amazon. Through Amazon, yeah. And I'd like to write about down here, down here in in Iris and Southwest Barra Peninsula. We're getting a lot of Americans coming here this year. And I think they'd be quite interested in the wonder, the creative wonder Mm -hmm. of the Barra Peninsula. It's wonderful. Yeah, I was looking at doing a author um, writer's lab over in Ireland. Well, I've got a great place for you. Right near here, uh, there's a place called Anamkara. And that's where I always came here to write. And it's what attracted me down here in the first place. And um, there's a woman here who's a, uh, she's from Utah. And she runs the place. Her name is Sue Forbes Booth. And if you look up on, if you Google Anamkara, on Google, A-N-A-M-Kara, C-A-R-A, it's a writer's residence. There are a couple of Anamkaras because there's also a book called Anamkara. Yeah, and yeah, if you Google Anamkara plus Barra Peninsula, Ireland, you'll find it. And it's the best damn place to have any kind of a writer's conference or a uh, a painting exhibition. And it would help. It would help. She's a close friend of mine. And she's been having some kind of lousy health recently. And she's just, she's just wonderful. And she, she facilitates my writing. I mean, what, and yeah. And when, when, when I came down here, she helped me actually create Dolphin Song. And then I like to think that I helped her and her other guests when I talked to them. And so if you're looking for a place, no better place than Amkar. That sounds like a perfect destination. Yes, it is. By God. <laughs> and it's easy to get to, too. So that, no, no, no problem. See, I learn a lot of things doing this radio show. And I'm sure the listeners learn a lot as Melissa, well. Melissa, can yes. I ask you a favor? And sure. Just for two minutes. Sure. The most important book that I've written to date is the one that's out right now. It came out about 10 days ago. Okay. And it's called Always Come Home. Mm-hmm. And you'll find it on my website, www.tomrichards.ie. And it's about involuntary incarceration into a mental facility, into a psychiatric unit based here, right up here in, in Bantry, uh, County Cork. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's written by an infamous unknown writer named Tom Richards. And it's based on a true story, which is my story. And it happened to me two times. Two times I was involuntarily committed to a psychiatric unit against my will. And I was talking to Catherine about it. And uh, I'm now I'm talking to you about it and I'm talking to the listeners about it. It can, it can happen to anyone. How does something like that happen? I know it was big in the 1800s, early 1900s. How is this still happening in the 2000s? That's the law. Look it up. Google it. All your listeners, Google it. And uh, it's not just Ireland. Two million people globally 
are taken into involuntary admission every year. Because we don't address mental health. We don't. It, Catherine is, is, is being such a great contributor. She's stating, and it's true, we don't, we don't put enough money into mental health, period, in any no, Western we civilization. We don't. And lockdown, so. lockdown, lockdown has made it worse. It's mm -hmm. made my situation worse. I had a, I had a heart attack in part because of, of what happened to me. In, you know, COVID played a big role in, in our mental health mm -hmm. and we have to be more aware. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to think that, that always come home. I'm not going to give away any of the plot details. I don't want to give away any spoilers. Of course. But it's, <laughs> it's important because it could happen to you. It can happen to Catherine. It can happen to anybody out there that's listening. Their relatives. If, if you think that, if, if they think, if you and I were married, let's say, or Catherine and I was married, Mm -hmm. And you thought that I was a threat to myself or others. I can have you committed. Catherine said it. I can have you committed. Yep. And that's true. Right now. Like yep. at that. In 2022. And maybe it's something, uh, Melissa, if, if, if you want to, we could talk about more on another program. That would be something we would have to go in depth. And because you have the legal ramifications, the mental health ramifications, you have so many things that need to be changed, and we knew do need to change our laws with mental health. It's really hard. Now there are cases where people do need to be committed for different things. Sure. But, but there are also the ones that just for any reason that can be committed, no, we have to actually go in and look at these situations. That's right. Well, that's the difference between voluntary and involuntary. Mm -hmm. Well, not necessarily. I mean, let's say that I was outside, okay? And let's say that, the, the, let's say that I was outside and Catherine saw me and I was, I was about to commit suicide. Of course she should have me taken in as an involuntary patient. I would agree right. with that. <laughs> but you know, otherwise, don't do it. You know, leave people alone. Right. There's if you are a danger to yourself or others, 100 percent you should be taken in for evaluation. Other than that, if you're That's not right. not a danger to yourself or others, leave people alone. That's yeah. right. Well, well, listen, in summary, I would I, I, I just wanted to thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I agree that, you know, I, I very much hope that uh, that people look at Dolphin Song and maybe buy it mm -hmm. because it is a journey of faith. And uh, as I said, uh, we hope that there's a film going to be made, uh, a feature film for Dolphin Song. We hope maybe a TV series for Always Come Home. Uh, Survivor's Guide to Living in Ireland is completely on its own, but I have another <laughs> number of, of YA novels that I'm republishing, mm -hmm. and I'm also uh, just about ready, uh, almost finished with the step outline, which some people call the chapter breakdown, for my next novel called uh, Lost Lovers, and I hope to have that done in about three months, and awesome. it'll be published, it'll be published, I hope, uh, before the, uh, before the autumn. Mm -hmm. And the one that I finished yesterday was a thing called Heartbreak, or sorry, Happiness and Heartbreak, which Catherine does a great job of doing. 
But at any rate, um, Happiness and Heartbreak is an anthology of, of stories by known, unknown and known authors. Uh, this edition, which we hope will be an annual edition of anthologies, mm -hmm. uh, features uh, uh, stories and poetry and uh, plays that are Irish focused. And a big oh. plug to my best, best English writer fan. Uh, his name is Bill Lease. And I've dedicated this uh, happiness and heartbreak to him. He's a lovely, lovely man. I thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show. And before I let you go, can you tell our listeners one more time where they can find you and your books? Well, thank you very much. I'm going to give you a couple of ways because I want to I want to talk directly to the people that are reading this because sometimes it affects them. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find all the books on www.tomrichards.ie. That's all one word and then .ie. You can email me at tomrichards141 at gmail.com. And then I'm taking a risk, but I don't care because I'm changing phones. From the United States, you can phone me at 011-353-86-600-4475. If anybody is calling me for money or to spam me or whatever, I just cut you off. Easy. <laughs> if you want to talk... If you want to talk sense, and if you need some help, your man. I'll help. No problem at all. I that, love you. Thank you very much. wonderful. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks very much. Thank you, Catherine. Bye, Melissa. Bye. And Bye for from our, Vera. Bye our from the readers and our listeners, happy reading. <laughs>